Welcome to the April 5th edition of the PFF Forecast. We have a great show here for you today. We're going to hit another division, um, a particularly good division, actually, AFC North, um, and uh, go over win totals there. A lot to talk about in that division, a lot. So we're not going to bite off more than we can chew with multiple divisions here. The big guy is taking uh, his talents uh, along with all the cash that he's taken from the lovely land of Antigua with him across uh, the uh, deep blue sea. So we're going to ask him about how he's preparing for his trip, as well as the fact that I've officially become an old man and how I know why that is the case. And if we're lucky, we'll talk masters and uh, the wonders that are Tiger Woods playing. Let's rock. Uh, Eric, you know how I know I'm I'm an old doofus now. Why is that? So last night the um, we're recording this on Tuesday night because you're traveling on Wednesday. The uh, Monday night was the um, the national championship game. Mm-hmm. I am a pretty big basketball fan. I don't miss many important basketball games, and if I do, it's for generally a very good reason. I can't remember the last time that I haven't intently watched every second of the NCAA championship game. I made it to about midway through the first half. That was about as far as I made it, and uh, I was asleep. Uh, that, That feels right. I actually... So... My story is maybe a little bit more um, degenerate, but because I had uh, our our, our uh, PR guy, Dave Solfaro, a month ago told me to bet on Kansas to win it all. So I put like $50, $50 to win like a few hundred on Kansas. Um, and then I kind of like didn't have an opinion on the game. So I tried to middle. So I bet like a couple hundred dollars on North Carolina plus four. Um, so I had this like humongous middle, well, not a humongous middle, but a three point middle, a decent middle. Yeah. That, that ended up hitting, um, shout out. Um, Good for but, you. But the funniest I'm thing happy is for you. the funniest thing. So my daughters have become, because they play basketball this year, like fans, but they'll bet. And my youngest one, Chloe was like, Hey, I'm going to bet on Kansas. I go, okay, that's great, honey. Me too. And so we're watching the game. So we, I bet her like 20 bucks. Then North Carolina gets like a 15-point lead, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dad, 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 I want to change my bet. I'm like, well, you don't get to do that. Dad, 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 can I change my bet? Okay, fine. So we change. We change. So she's on North Carolina now. And again, mind you, she's seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time for them to go to bed at halftime. But she can't like fall asleep. So I go up into her room. And like, kind of like, you know, lay with her as she's trying to go to sleep. I turn on, I, it was one of those like moments where I turned it on on my phone. I'm like, Hey, don't tell mom we'll watch the game on the phone. Mm-hmm. And she was like you, George, she fell asleep after like maybe two minutes <laughs> the second half. And so then the, the, this morning she comes in 
And I'm I'm working, I'm drinking a cup of coffee. She's like, Dad, who won? And I go, Kansas. She starts crying. <laughs> like she's gonna have to pay up now. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Like, Ye like, of little you, faith. You should have never changed your bet. And she's like, uh, uh so then the funniest thing, of course, is like, and I don't know, you know, how many parents listen to the show, but like they have this thing called Roblox on their on their apps, right? And Roblox mm-hmm. is basically like a, a virtual reality thing, not virtual reality, but like you know, you get to play somebody, and it takes a little bit of money, but you have to like you buy things and then you dress yourself up and you know play and all this stuff. And she's like, Dad, can I have twenty dollars of Roblox? I'm like, Honey, you already owe me twenty dollars. So like, (laughs) so so she quickly forgot, uh, you know, her her foibles, um, and moved on quickly. Which, granted, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing because if I lose like a big bet, I'm kind of like smarting for like the next day. Mm -hmm. Uh, She seems to be able to climb out of it faster. Yeah, but you you let her change change her bet. I I think that you're you're underestimating what she would have, how she will react. When she's not given, um, when when dad isn't the bookie, I think it will be a different, <laughs> it'll be a different reaction. Um, may I just say that I think this is literally what the one eight hundred gambler hotline was was created for, was for exactly the situation where degenerate parents are teaching their children how to how to bet on sports. Um, so I don't know. We'll see if we can get you uh, to cut the line there. Here's my, yeah, here's I, my, I, it's crazy. I have are you a little worried? Been, are you a little worried? I'm not worried. I mean, I'm not worried because ultimately like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, all that kind of stuff. They're all met for those two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I'm worried that like, I'm just getting too confident. Like I, I joke, but like, I have not been on this hot of a street gambling in, even if NFL and the, and the, and the magnitudes are some like I've just become like I've just bet more because my bankroll is bigger, and like it's it's unbelievable. Like I'm I'm actually worried for the next like inevitable downswing in my Uh-oh. fortunes because like I don't know how I'm going to handle it. Like if I don't and is literally this... get a cash out from one of these books every week for the next, you know, I'm going to be <laughs> a little bit nervous. And are you? This is you're just continuing to fade morons on Twitter. Well, it's that. I, you know, I think it, and, and this is actually, so, uh, you know, we, we goof, but like, this is actually good advice. And it was some, yeah, I was talking to our friend Drew Dinsick at the Super Bowl because I, I think in addition to being sharp, I think Drew also, um, you know, really does a really good job of knowing the right people and, and listening to the, and like, I think that that's part of it. Like, so we model mm-hmm. NFL and actually last week we, we or last episode Sunday, talking about modeling the USFL. So there's things where, you know, I, I don't necessarily know if you could say we originate, but like we make our own lines and, and we bet them college football better than, than NFL, but both positive the last few years. And then, and then in every other sport, like it's just about knowing it's just about, and actually like there's the green lumber fallacy basically where it's like, you can actually know too much. Like I don't know a single player on any of these teams. Mm-hmm. So, but like, I just kind of know the right, like, I know the people who think wrongly enough where maybe like going in the opposite direction to them is smart, but I also know enough smart people who are like, who are saying, you know what I mean? Like it, it's, 
there's an aspect of just sort of reading the room, I think, right now that is fairly good. And and um, and, and this is also a new take. This is a new take on wisdom of the crowds um, where you're partitioning the crowd in such a way that you are able to discern wisdom from a relatively smaller group of people. Also should be noted that the climate for this it did not exist, like, gosh, what, a year, even a year ago, two years ago, where you could identify people's um, thoughts and there was a lot of pressure on people to, you know, to like publicly make available what they were doing. So um, that's interesting. The, my larger, the larger part of my rant is just that how can you possibly start a sporting event at 920 Eastern time? This is absolutely ridiculous. And if anyone wants to argue that that is the better time, you can go directly to hell because that's complete and utter garbage. That's so late. That is so incredibly late. Can you imagine if Sunday night football started at like 9.30 every Sunday night? People would be having uh, aneurysms uh, every single weekend. Um, Just unacceptable. Anyways. We are going to get to some real football. And if you want real football, the best place to go get it is at pff.com. The best football analysis you will find anywhere, whether it's the draft, which is obviously about to happen in the PFF draft guide, which will be updated multiple times as we lead up to the draft here. And you get all of those updates with one PFF subscription, which you can get for 25% off with promo code forecast, F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T. And if you want all of the great uh, gambling tools, um, get an elite subscription, which will give you PFF Greenline, our betting dashboard, and our player props tool, along with our best bets tool for the entirety of the NFL season. You can get it for 25% off with promo code forecast. Okay, we are going to talk about the um, the AFC North. You, um, I do want to ask before we get into the AFC North, um, you are making a large trip tomorrow. You're not going to the AFC North, but I believe in order to get to your destination, you're going to go north at some point. Um, where where are you going? Tell everyone where you're going and like the route by which you're getting there. Yeah. So my sister lives in Budapest, Hungary. Uh, she's getting married. Um, she's she's lived there for like four or five years. My dad um, has done missions in that Eastern Bloc of countries for probably 25 years now. Oh, so you're ready. Uh, I've been there a couple times. Like the last oh, okay. time I was in Europe, I was in Budapest uh, or well, I was in Hungary. Um, and so I've been there before, but this is the first time I've been to another country since 2011. So like my passport had expired and it had expired. And I, this is so weird. Like I feel so embarrassed, but like it had expired and, and not like within five, it expired more than five years ago. So like I needed to get like I needed to get the whole process done, and she's getting married relatively quickly relative to when she got engaged. So I didn't have that much time. And was you also about on the show. You also certainly did not do this immediately when she got engaged. True. Yeah. There there was aspects mm-hmm. of that, but then and then the time when I decided I was going to go. Weirdly, we had you know the Super Bowl, the NFL Combine, mm. Sloan. So there were actually like weren't days, and, oh, and we're nice. busy people. Like I don't think. Pe- People really don't, I mean, people should know by now, but we just don't do this podcast. We do other things. So, like, to sneak out for lunch for an hour to go to, like, the DMV and have all the right shit was actually, like, a fairly big feat. 
and then mm-hmm. to like pay the expedition fee and like but they didn't even guarantee that it was going to make it and then it made it and then so then i booked all the stuff and so yeah so i'm gonna be there i mean tomorrow's a long day what, what's um, your good. what's your route you go cincinnati boston paris and then budapest so that sounds a- absolutely amazing also i really respect the way that you pronounce it uh pesk instead of pest uh which is how it is spelled i believe um, yeah i mean it i think it's i think pesh is actually the oh so i like pesh sort so I, I sort of like split like the difference the spelling and the, okay. and the uh, look at you pronunciation. Man, so yeah. worldly. What's your favorite um, Hungarian food? I know a Hungarian food. I'm trying to remember. I mean, the the thing about Europe. Now nah, look at you ducking the question. The uh, the bread is the bread is way better than in the states. Yeah, that's very true. Um, um, I think this are good is there. There's uh, yeah I. Nothing so I, like, go ahead. I, I believe this is a Hungarian dish. And if it's not, I'm going to be, I'm going to be eviscerated by the one or two people from Hungary that listen, but I'm pretty sure that goulash is a Hungarian dish. It and, is. Uh, yeah. It's a stew yeah. of like yeah. meat and vegetables and, um, very good. It's, it's very good. Um, but the bread, okay. so the bread with it, obviously bread better there. So like bread is a, good. The whole meal is good. Yeah. So, they do like sausages in, um, Eastern and Central there's, Europe, obviously. There's very, also very good. potato pancakes that they have. Yes. Um, and, and those, I'm trying to remember what the names are called. Um, You're not talking about latkes, are you? Yeah, that's what those are called. Latkes, okay. yeah. There you go. Um, okay, we will start uh, the AFC North now. Interestingly, there on DraftKings Sportsbook, you can find um, the odds to win the division. I think we should start with this because there is one win total that is not on the board. The AFC North right now, Cleveland plus 175, Cincy plus 200, Baltimore plus 225, and um, Pittsburgh is 8-1. to one. However, when you look at regular season win totals, the Cleveland Browns, nowhere to be found. And the reason for that, of course, is that we don't know about Deshaun Watson. Let me ask you this. Is that, is it kind of ridiculous to have, to be like, hey, we don't think we know enough about how many games he's going to play to hang a win total, but they're the favorite to win the division? Like, I look at that and I go, there's got to be value on you know, particularly the Ravens, but like maybe even the Bengals as well, because how can you have the favorite to win the division, a team that is so, has so many, such an unknown in the quarterback position that you can't even hang a number for them? Well, I think the reason is that like, is that you can, I mean, the, as, as we, you've talked about on this show, the win totals, like they're, they're not going to add up to, they're not going to add up to the total number of wins in a season, right? So mm-hmm. if you look at like eight and a half times 32, that's 272. You're not going to get them to add to 272. They've gotten better at that. But like essentially they're going to shade over and yeah. then juice, right? So like it, it's not as easy of a math problem to sort of go through and be like, okay, the, the, the Browns are going to be – if if you look at what the Steelers, the Bengals, and the uh, and the Ravens win totals are 
And then you look at the rest of the AFC win totals. You look at like it's it's there's too many degrees of freedom to be quite to easily go and say, oh, Cleveland's such and such, right? And but in other markets, it's actually not that hard, right? Because if you assume a certain theoretical hold on you know, like if you assume a certain theoretical hold on the AFC and the market to win the AFC, for example, then you can sort of back engineer what the Cleveland Browns should should end up being, should end up costing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you assume a certain theoretical hold on the season, on the you know AFC North odds, then if you hang it for the AFC North, then you should be able to like sort of reverse engineer. Um and and same thing with the Super Bowl odds, right? So that's why I believe you still see Cleveland there at seventeen to one to win the Super mm-hmm. Bowl and nine to one to win the AFC. Um, so that that's kind of I think where the issue is. So you can like you're essentially hanging a, a number for them anyway. Um, and I think what not putting the win total out there is a is a very healthy respect. I think for the uncertainty associated with, with what Watson brings as far as a, a suspension is concerned. If you had to lay a number for them, what would it be? Well, I I, I would make them nine and a half. Okay. Who do you think their backup ends up being for, for well, Watson? I think it's Brissett, right? So they signed Brissett to be their backup. Oh, they did already. Okay. Yeah, I think he's going to play the first. That's actually... Like, that's solid. Yeah, I mean, I think Brissett kind of stinks, but like, but he's he's a good enough quarterback to hand the ball off for six games, I guess. If they um, if they had any clue, um, they would have they would have signed Kaepernick. Yeah, I mean, that would, imagine that's so, what the Browns should have done. So so, and we we've made our our opinions about Watson known. Um, we, we haven't really made our opinions. Yeah, we, well, there's sucks. not really an opinion to have about <laughs> Kaepernick. Um, but, but imagine pissing off both sides of your fan base, right? Like I, I'm assuming right. that, you know, there's like, a, and I, and obviously. Oh I yeah. Think the, Cause the only inter- people that are still fans after Watson are the same, the, the, the Venn diagram of people that are still happy <laughs> with the Browns and people that think Kaepernick like deserves the death penalty is one circle. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to go that far, but I, I would say that like people who are people who are sympathetic to his to, to Kaepernick's cause are probably similarly uh, in a unsympathetic. similar group of, a group of people who are unsympathetic to Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so like that that I guess like that's one where not signing Kaepernick makes I think given again and again all the decisions up to that point I don't agree with, but given those decisions. Not signing Kaepernick kind of makes sense, I guess. Um, that's that's how wrong. That's how that's how far adrift they've gone. Let's start with the um, let's start with the Baltimore Ravens because they are lined at nine and a half. Over is minus one thirty, and actually every team in this division juice towards the over, which is strange, um, but I think speaks to exactly what we just talked about, which is the uncertainty around the Browns and the relative strength of this division. Um, obviously the AFC West is, is the best division in, in football, but like this division is really freaking good. And you have those two divisions um, in the same conference that tells you, you know, how much of a powerhouse this is. The Ravens minus 130 over nine and a half plus 110 
under nine and a half. We've talked a bunch about the Ravens here and we've referenced this and um, remind me who it was that, that actually uh, tweeted out um, uh, the uh, uh, whale um, war. Uh, uh, what is it? War so above t- yeah, injuries so lost t- or whatever. Yeah. And uh, basically saying like, look, how many, win- how many wins above replacement did they lose due to injury? Right. Not all injuries are created equal. Um, and so you, you um, are able to look at that in a little more of an intelligent way. The Baltimore Ravens, it's like, you know, you look at those graphs and you look at the graph and you're like, wait, why are you showing me this graph? And because you like don't notice anything weird about it. And then all of a sudden you realize that there's like one thing that's like way, <laughs> way, way, way different. It's like whenever you see those those um, most three pointers shot and it's like everybody and then it's like James Harden. And he's got like nine billion. It was this way, except with the Ravens being so, 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 so far out ahead of everyone else in terms of how many wins above replacement they lost due to injury. And you've obviously cited a few different times how like the top was the top four cap hits um, on their on their roster didn't even play the last half of the season. Um, Obviously, Lamar Jackson, Marlon Humphrey. This is um, this is this is it for me. Like if I'm betting one of these win totals, even at minus 130. I think this is the one that I've got to go with um, and just out of principle have to go over here for a team that um, that was decimated last year, has the best coach in the NFL, uh, arguably, of course, but very, very strong and um, will will be, you know, won't be playing a, a first place schedule will be a little bit of an afterthought. The Bengals are are the team here. The Steelers are probably going to have a new quarterback. And then, of course, you've got the Browns um, making all of the headlines. Yeah, the Bengals actually, I mean, think about this. The Bengals are the team that have, that are just the, the reigning AFC champions. And I think you could make a very compelling case that they have the worst head coach mm-hmm. in this division, right? Like mm-hmm. I think Stefanski's probably stronger. I think Harbaugh, there's no doubt. Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin are both Hall of Fame coaches, right? So mm-hmm. um, you, you have an interesting confluence here where, the Bengals and the Bengals have ten wins. You know I, where I see it in DraftKings, I, ten is maybe hung up there. Again, th- this is all about getting the right price. Um, but they have ten under. You know, under is minus one thirty. The the interesting one with the Ravens is it does go against a little bit our model. We we did a, you know a little bit of a simulation. I think um, you know there are aspects of this team that are more brittle than normal. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so you talk about, you talked about, yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. Lamar Jackson, uh, Ronnie Stanley, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters are there, not only are there the four top cap hits for this team, but they're the only players on this team with cap hits over $10 million. And all players uh, ended the season injured. Marlon Humphrey, after he tore his pectoral muscle, including the game that he did it in, they lost six consecutive games to end the year, five of them by a field goal or less, I believe. Um, so, like, but again, and and so all of that is to say, okay, um, they are they're a team that if things even get median, if they get median luck, they should have a good a good time of it. But the the problem, I, I guess, with that, I'm still gonna lean over, but I think that there, you know, there's some caution here. Um, when you're when not Lamar, a true believer, well, 
again, I'm going to provide you're the doubting other side. Thomas here. You you have to put your hands in the wounds first. I, I, I before do. I do have to put believe. my hands in, in all of the injured limbs of the Ravens before. I'm just I'm preparing you to go to, to to Central Europe here. So so, here are their wins before it all came crashing down. A one point win against the Chiefs. A two. Uh, and again, I again that is they they all count. But a one-point win against the Chiefs where the Chiefs were lining up for a game-winning field goal and fumbled. A win in Detroit where their kicker kicked a 60, what, six-yard field goal <laughs> um, that hit off the crossbar and went in. Mm-hmm. Um, a win against the Colts in overtime where they needed, I believe, an eight. They needed to get an eight at the end of the game. They needed Roberto Blankenship to miss a field goal and then to win the toss, right? Um a, a three-point win against the Minnesota Vikings uh, in a game that trailed by two touchdowns twice. They, that mm-hmm. game went into overtime. A three-point win against the Bears, which uh, Tyler Hundley started, but they needed some things to go right there as well. Mm-hmm. And then, because you did this game as part of Chris's crew, one of the bigger abortions of a game that I've seen, which is that 16-10 win against Cleveland on, on Sunday that Night Football. That was hard to And watch. so, like... And then, of course, yeah, their losses down the stretch, a one-point loss to Pittsburgh, a two-point loss to the Browns, although that's a little misleading because they backdoored that one. A one-point loss to the Packers on a missed two-point conversion. I had a one-point loss to the Rams and a three-point loss to the Steelers in overtime to close the season out. So um, in addition to an overtime loss on opening Monday night football game against the Raiders um, and, and a Thursday night loss, which was kind of fluky because they were just coming off of a full five quarters against mm-hmm. the Vikings. Uh, that previous Sunday. So it was a weird season, right? And I think if you want to be charitable, obviously you look at all the close losses and all the injuries and say, you know, that was that was characteristic of, you know, that that's characteristic of a team that had a lot of bad luck. Whereas I'll look at the first half of the season and it's it's very much Lamar Jackson carrying kind of a bad team at times, an injured team. And again, that's where the thing is carrying a team to the finish line. Um, Lamar Jackson last year from a clean pocket, only, you know, 82 PFF grade, which is fine, not great. 13 big-time throws, nine turnover-worthy plays, 10 touchdowns, nine interceptions from a clean pocket. Um, From a pressured pocket, which happened 37% of the time, which is a pretty high rate, um, 7.1 yards per attempt, 47.9 PFF grade, Six big time throws, nine turnover worthy plays. Last week or last podcast, we talked about you know the guys when blitzed. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson win blitzed last season. Six point eight yards per pass attempt, four touchdowns, five interceptions, three big time throws. So just three big time throws against the blitz last year. Now, what did we talk about when it came to the Rams and the Chiefs? Right, where blitzing these guys is lethal. Mm-hmm. It's Cooper Cup, it's Tyreek Hill, it's Travis Kelsey. You know, other than Mark Andrews, who's probably the best tight end in the NFL last year, that is the main question for the Ravens. Did they do, are they doing enough? Did they do enough on the outside to supplement Lamar Jackson? I, I think that's the leak if you want to bet over for this team is like, I don't know if Lamar has the weapons necessary for him to be truly successful now that the league has sort of caught up to his ability to run the ball. Okay. Flip side. Flip side, Ronnie Stanley, best left tackle, one of the three best left tackles in the game of football. Played, uh, what was it, 68 snaps last year? Yeah, it wasn't a lot. Yeah. 
Played 68 snaps last year. He'll be back. Rashad Bateman couldn't play most of the beginning of the season. I think he uh, started, what, week six or something like that. Really started playing a lot more snaps towards the end of the season. Um, full complement of passing snaps, but looked solid. I don't think you would call him a total success quite yet. PFF grade of 65. And then um, Hollywood Brown really played a lot better. Now his PFF grade is more muted in large part because he had an astounding number of drops <laughs> last year. Like it was a hurtful number of drops last year. And I look at that and I go, well, what do we know about drops? They're not stable. So you look at those things. I think a lot about the Ronnie Stanley injury because of how much the offensive line impacts what they want to do with that team, especially with Lamar Jackson running the football. So those are all things that I look at and I go, okay, Lamar Jackson had the 22nd best PFF grade last year. His PFF grade has descended each time since obviously his MVP um, level, but I think that's going that's going back up. There's no doubt about that in in my mind. And um, and and I think you know if you look at grade from a clean pocket, grade under pressure, both of those like pretty much on average there, and that's okay. What he needs to be able to do is to run with the football really efficiently, mm-hmm. and. I mean, it's it, it's tough. It, a left tackle gave up 30, 39 pressures last year. That's a lot. Um, he uh, took a sack on over twenty one percent, nearly twenty two percent of his pressure dropbacks last year. Those are things that are uncharacteristic. And I think it was when we look back on this last season that the takeaway is going to be it was an uncharacteristic season of the Ravens. Um, and so, so out of principle. Out of principle, it's, it's my Ravens this year. You're uh, you're a little bit you're doubting a little bit. It's okay. I'll I drive this I, bandwagon. I'm not I'm not doubting as much oh, as I'm okay. just yeah. trying to give the other side. But sure. okay, sure. Okay, let's, so let's move. They're your Ravens. I'll they're give it. My okay, Ravens. look, the Ravens. If you're if they go 13 and four, I they, they you you own them. Thank I was you. early. You mm. you came in. And, I bought and, the distressed uh, asset. By the way, um, just. I do have a Ravens to win the Super Bowl ticket. I of do course have a Ravens do. to win the North ticket. I also have like a Cleveland Browns at like twenty-five to one before Deshaun Watson. So oh, you have to burn that ticket. I, do I have, you have to, to burn do? It? You have to do what your daughter Ceremonial? did. Ceremonial. You have to do what your daughter did. You got to take it back and go. I want. <laughs> I don't want this anymore. Now I have um, to lay twenty-five hundred on the other side. <laughs> on the other on the other side of it. No. Um. Look here. Here's the thing, Eric. What, what we swore off one bird this offseason, okay? And that means we're looking for a new bird. Yeah, we are and looking for a new bird. The Eagles, by the way, uh, I think are a good candidate. But the Eagles are a good candidate. I, I love, I love to love both those teams. Maybe we have one on the NFC and the AFC. Let's move to a different animal, though the Bengals, um, Cincinnati Bengals. And I lied earlier because the under here is actually what's juiced. And that's the sports books fault because they didn't put the over uh, for every single team on the, the left-hand side. They put the juice number on the left-hand side and that's screwing with me under 10 minus 130, over 10 plus 110. We talked about how, um, the, uh, the, the numbers here for the Bengals and the Ravens were a little bit different. Um, and why that might be Bengals 10 uh, at 10 
Where is your head at here? Under. Uh, we make the number 9.1. We give them a 54% chance to make the playoffs, which is right around market. We give them a 31.3% chance to repeat as division champions, which at plus 200 uh, on the DraftKings market is not of value. Um, I, I look, this is, this is the classic, right? Like, you know, and I know, you know, some teams have, have thwarted this. The Patriots have commonly gotten over it. Um, but the Super Bowl loser, right. It's almost mm -hmm. like you're, you're Niners in 2020 and, uh, yep. you know, it's tough, the, man. It, it's hard to, you know, and again, like, it's just hard it's hard to sneak up on the league anymore, right? Like you look at some of these teams and everybody's going to try to emulate what the Bengals do uh, with wide receivers and things like that, which what's, what's then going to be the counter. Every defense is going to, is going to do, you know, what, what stops the Bengals. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, a few positives though, Joe Burrow was the highest graded quarterback in the NFL last year. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean we think he's the best. We just meant that he played, you know, in our system, the best last year. He's a fan, fantastic player with a lot of positives. Jamar Chase, if you looked at our Sloan Sports Analytics paper, the one that uh, you know all of our names are on and, and we wrote, uh, Jamar Chase had the best uh, NGS PFF deep receiving grade that we've ever had. Um, so you're talking about speed, you're talking about body control, you're talking about uh, tracking the football. Jamar Chase is the best we've, ever, we've seen in the NGS era as a rookie. So... T. Higgins is a wonderful player. We saw that in the Super Bowl. He can make big plays. Tyler Boyd is a year older. I think he's starting to regress a little bit. But he's a, a player. They lose C.J. Uzama, uh, which hurts them. But they they added Lyle Collins. They added some interior offensive linemen. And their defense, um, you know, their defense is not one where I look at it and I'm saying, wow, there's a lot of regression pieces there. Their defense mm -hmm. wasn't built around one or two, you know, uh nodes right they were a defense that was built you know to last and so they're they're it to me it's almost purely a regression play it's what we saw last year was not characteristic of what we saw last year was not a 13 win team what we saw last year is a 10 win team that mm -hmm. got hot through a weak afc and and that includes the chiefs and that includes the titans um and the Raiders, right? So that that's my, I, I don't think that this means the Bengals are going to suck, you know, for a long time. I don't think they were a one-year wonder. I just think this is the classic one year they pop up. The next year, everybody had, everybody sees the, the bullseye on their back and they take a small step backwards. A couple of things here. Um, we talk about things that are going to regress. Uh, Joe Burrow, 110th passer rating. On third downs, 93 passer rating uh, under pressure. But the, and that's that's fantastic. But you need those numbers to overcome. He took a sack on 27% of his pressure dropbacks. So despite having a passer rating that was 30 points higher than the average under pressure, his EPA per dropback was dead on league average. And if you get a little bit of regression, you know, what do you expect to regress there? As much and and we love Joe Burrow. Like, let's not get it twisted. I love Joe Burrow. Um, and 
I mean, you know, if we go draft quarterbacks to start a team with, you know, there might not be a, a personality that you want, uh, you know, leading your team um, for Joe Burrow. But things that are going to regress, throwing the ball under pressure and being successful, probably going to regress a little bit. We see that regress. What I'm a little worried about is will the percentage of dropbacks under pressure taking a sack regress? And everyone points to the offensive line here. And this is the question that I wanted to ask you because you've studied this a bunch. Do you do you think that that's actually something that is going to be helped by getting a better uh, set of blockers or knowing that he's got better blockers, is he going to maybe even hold onto the ball longer? Because that seems to be the trait here is that he's willing to hold onto the ball for like 2.63 seconds, which isn't abnormal. 2.7 is the average, but it's clearly too long to hold onto the ball when your offensive line is that shitty. So do you think he will continue that trait of taking too many sacks under pressure, even with a better offensive line? Or does that offensive line help that a little bit? Because that for me is a, is a major key. I still think 10 is too high, but like the way that they win more than 10 is that Joe Burrow comes out and lights the league on fire like he did last year, except without taking sacks. Yeah, the sacks thing is the biggest one, right? To me... Um... Some traits are pretty, pretty stable for quarterbacks. One of them is pressure percentage. One of them, is, and one that's even higher is the percentage of pressures that result in sacks, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you can change the pressure percentage. And I think that that's going to be um, something that is, so I think you can, right? I think that they will. But I also think that the question becomes, is Zach Taylor a good enough coach to adjust his offense, right? Because... Mm-hmm. A lot of last season was Zach Taylor's shortcomings. And, and I think they're overblown. But again, like I said, I don't think he's a brilliant coach. A lot of Zach Taylor's shortcomings overcome by Joe Burrow's freelancing, which in a lot of cases provided us with highlights. And, mm-hmm. in, a, and in some cases, we, we didn't see that much of the failures, right? The sacks and things like that. And, and, and you know, you look at the Tennessee game. Tennessee is, like, not a great defense. Um, they got them nine times in a playoff game. You know, and, and they won in large part because their defense was great in that game. Um, the Titans self-destructed a lot of times. But, like, you know, we're all, oh, Joe Cool and the kicker is great, right? Also, mm-hmm. by the way, kicking the kicking game was enormously plus EV for them last year. And we know that the instability of the kicking game is, is characteristic. I'm not trying to make Evan McPherson – uh, have a bad year, but like we've seen this over and yeah, over and over again. You hate him, McPherson. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I haven't been able to figure that out. Like it's so weird. We watch Bengals games, and and like Ed McPherson comes out to kick, most likable likable guy on the team uh, next to Joe Burrow, and and Eric's over here like burnt like poking voodoo dolls. Well, he like, did. He he na- he was nails on it. the field goal that kicked me out of Arrowhead. But <laughs> I'm um, I'm, uh, I'm kidding. By the way, obviously making fun of the the Kansas City thing, but no, no. It, to back up your point here. And by the way, um, you're wondering, like, what do we look at when we're doing this podcast? I just have pff.com uh, and the PFFQB annual open. And I'm like, I've got everything I need here. But um, Joe Burrow, scramble drill, throwing off the scramble drill. 18% of his throws were big time throws. EPA per play on scramble drills. This includes sacks. 0.3. 
league average negative 0.02. So there were a lot of those situations, even though he did take a lot of sacks, there were a ton of these situations to your point where you just saw this, this high end of variance. I would expect, here's the thing though, he was so accurate last year. And that was something we, we should have expected because he was so accurate at, at LSU and was actually accurate even weirdly uh, at, at Ohio State, uh, even though he didn't have great outcomes there. But was, was top three in accurate pass percentage and perfect pass percentage and, and top three in terms of avoiding um, inaccurate catchable throws and uncatchable throws. So like the accuracy was there. If you can just cut down on those things, uh, on those sacks, you're in great shape. The problem is, is your point. It's it's such a it's such a trait um, with with quarterbacks. So that that's going to be fascinating to watch, man. And I think the other thing to keep in mind here is the scheme helping Joe Burrow out. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase helped the scheme out a lot, and I'm interested to see next year. This is your other point that you made. When defenses are trying to stop them, it's going to require Zach Taylor to have something, right? And yeah, and I just I get worried there. We'll see. So you're officially going. We're, I think we're on the same side here. We're officially going under. So so we're both Ravens over, but you get credit if it happens. Right, exactly. We're both All Bengals, the credit goes we're both, to me. We're going Bengals under, um, mm. and then. Yeah, so we're going Bengals under, and then now we have the infamous Steelers. We didn't get a lot of shit for the Steelers. I think I feel like everybody knew that that Steelers team last year was bad, right? Yeah, yeah. We uh, like even though they like defied odds, made the playoffs nine seven and one. G like they. I mean, anytime you tie Detroit at home, um, and I don't care if your backup quarterback starting your backup quarter your quarterback the whole season was a backup caliber player. Um, that was, that was, they, they certainly, they swept Cleveland, they swept Baltimore, two teams whose quarterbacks were hurt. Um, you know, it was a, it was a rough year for them, but Mike Tomlin somehow prevails. Now they, after last season being lined at eight and a half wins, they're now lined at seven and a half. We actually make it 7.798 after the simulation. So over at minus 120. I don't actually. I actually think we're dead ass on the market here. What do you think about the Steelers as they come into the Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, Malik Willis era of football in the Steel City? The um, this is going to be a transition that you're going to love here. You know when you you need to get out with the old and in with the new. Um, you might need a lawnmower from Manscaped. Um, or you might need Malik Willis. Either of them can come in and make you forget about the the thing you once were, the the hair you once had in that not so uh, in that all important position, I should say. <laughs> this this sounded better in my head. Um, as as I talk about Malik Willis, a reminder that you can get twenty percent off plus free shipping. Wow. Uh, with the promo code PFF at Manscaped. And you can get that fresh new look, just like the Steelers are going to try and get with Malik Willis. Um, the Lawnmower 4.0, as I've talked about, it is the uh, it's the best product out there, period. That's why I use it. I wouldn't trust anything else on my body. Uh, neither would Eric, obviously. The Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer 
um, which is also something you need because if you're trimmed everywhere else, but you've got hair coming out of your nose, it, no one's going to be What are you cool. doing, man? Exactly. You know, what are you and, doing? And they now have the performance package 4.0, which includes oh, all of this awesome. awesome stuff. In addition to that, which helps you get clean in the shower with two-in-one shampoo and conditioner plus body wash and after the shower with essential moisturizers to make sure that your uh, smooth skin smells and looks great. 20% off, free shipping, promo code PFF, manscaped.com. Go make it happen. That was a, That's how you know I'm a seasoned podcast host. I realized last second that I intended to do a, a read between that this for the Steelers, you went right into the Steelers, which was great. I love it. You support that, and I adapted just on the fly. Um, seven and a half under plus one hundred over minus one twenty. This pains me. This pains me a lot. But I'm over. I, I I'm over on the Steelers, and here's why. There are a lot of teams, a lot of teams that are improving at a very important position. A good example of that is the Colts. The Colts may be improving at the quarterback position just about as much as any team that didn't get Russell Wilson this offseason. But the Steelers are going to improve at the quarterback position. And that's even if, and I can't believe I'm saying this, that's even if Mitchell Trubisky plays quarterback there. But I do believe that they're going to go get a quarterback. I'll say this. I think Malik Willis, they have the 20th overall pick. They have to trade up to get Malik Willis, right? Like there's They do, yep. <laughs> I was in the gym earlier today and I think NFL Network was on one of the TVs. Or maybe it was ESPN. Um, it, someone had Malik Willis going 20 to, to the Steelers. Look, I know that inflation is crazy. I can't imagine that allows you to, to get that much more crystal meth, you know, to be able to put out a, a, a draft guy, a, a mock draft of that ilk. Don't believe that's happening, but I'll give you one here, Eric. The the problem, like, and I, I, I've become extremely this way. I actually like... Crystal meth? Well, uh -oh. it, yeah. I mean, look, I've lived in Cincinnati <laughs> now for almost four years. Um if you're not looking, and again, they're not the sharpest markets in the world, but if you are off market by like 15 picks on a player, like just stop mock drafting. Unless unless your thing is this is what should happen. But grow up, Peter Pan. A quarter like Malik Willis is going high in the draft. Count Whether Chocula. you like Yeah, like <laughs> Count Chocula. Whether you like and look, you I, I'll say this. None of the quarterbacks in this draft are any good relative to last year's draft. Except for Trey, like they're all basically Trey Lance, and that is only explaining my opinion of Trey Lance, which isn't the highest in the world, right? These quarterbacks are all Trey Lance like, right? So where did Trey Lance go in last draft, George? Uh, gosh, I can't remember. I think he went. Uh, he, he went, went fifteen third. to the Patriots. Did like, Trey Lance? Trey, Trey Lance didn't go to the Niners. I don't know what uh, we've been living in an alternate reality. That didn't actually happen. Trey Lance went third. So grow up, Peter Pan. If you think that the best quarterback <laughs> in this draft, the guy who's minus 200 to be, he's, you know, break even 66% to be the first quarterback taken. If you think that dude's going at 20, what you, like, this is not Jim Druckenmiller of the 1997 no. 49ers. No, it is this not. Is, this, is, this is the real world, right? 
if that if, if Malik Willis gets to ten, the Steelers are trading for him. I'll tell you that much right now. The you know again, and, and it's the books are afraid. Like if you look at the sports books, there's not that many. I'm actually going to look at Bet Online because I think Bet Online might have you know some they they were they were first on some of these, but I don't even think that they have like they don't even have a draft position um, for for Willis. I don't think, and it's because like. The guy could go second, right? And, and, and I, again, like I think he can go anywhere from second to like twelve to Minnesota. That that that's really like all like so. If if you have him going to the Steelers' natural position, where what are you smoking? I just don't get it. Yeah, no one knows. Um, but here's what I'll say: if they don't want to trade up, I still believe that Desmond Ritter is in play there. I do not think they're taking Kenny Pickett. I don't. I, I don't. Mean, yeah. I, Kenny Pickett, I just don't see it. I don't see it, man. And it's not, it's not the hand size, although that worries me a tad bit. Um, but I could see Desmond Ritter there. I could see them go with a guy that is a mobile quarterback. Remember, they have had the statue of Ben Roethlisberger back there who used to be a mobile guy and is not anymore. So I think those things, those are the things that make sense to me. Now you look at the rest of the talent on the roster. You have Pat Fryermuth, top 10 top, graded tight end. You have Deontay Johnson. If you take away the drops and you can't really take away the drops, but we know those things are unstable. Probably a top 30 wide receiver. Um, Definitely a top 30 wide receiver. I don't know what I'm saying there. Uh, you know, you have Chase Claypool. You have some some pieces there. And if you get a quarterback that's mobile, I think that open, you know, that'll obviously open up more things. And this is a really this is a solid team that that if you have a quarterback that comes in who is on a rookie deal, you know, playing well, um, Things could look up for the Steelers really quickly, really quickly. And I like over this, uh, this number. And I like, I, depending on, you know, what they get out of either Willis, if they trade up or like, I think Desmond Ritter is a really cool and interesting fit there. Um, gosh, I, I don't know. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm bullish on the Steelers. Yeah, I, I disagree with you. Here's my reasoning. To get... Like I do think they're going to trade up for a quarterback, and I don't know if their if their roster composition is good enough to to warrant that. So mm. um, here here's my take. Like I do agree with you. I think there's a path for a rookie quarterback to have Chase Claypool on the jump balls, to have Deontay Johnson on the underneath stuff, to have Fryermuth down the middle of the field as a mm. tight end, Anthony Miller, who like whatever he's not been very good, but you know he's an NFL caliber wide receiver. You have Najee Harris, who's a pretty good dump-off guy, as you showed last year. The offensive line's terrible, right? So, you know, you're you you, you you're not... Uh, you That's know, why you need a mobile uh, guy. Yeah, Mason Cole is the new center. Uh, and Mason Cole was, like, so bad that he was a backup for the Vikings last year. Um, you know, you have Daniels, uh, who I like. Uh, Daniels is a good free agent signing. But, like, the two tackles are guys who are both in the 60s out of 80 in mm-hmm. PFF grading. So, like... That, that's going to be tough. You do need Ritter to have the mobility. Um, and then you look at the defense, and, like, historically, the defense has been very good. 
Um, and right now, I think that they're more of a uh, of, uh, they're more no- nodal than they used used to be, right? So you know, you have you have uh, you have um, Carl Joseph, who has not who has not been good, right? Like mm-hmm. he's he's one of their starting safeties. Their corners are Levi Wallace of Buffalo, who's fine, not great. Uh, Akella Witherspoon of the Niners. You can tell me everything you know about him. Um, and, and then they have uh, Cam Sutton, who's a former AAF player uh, playing in the slot. Um, Cam Hayward's a year older. Cam Hayward's the second best defensive tackle in the league. So you have that one. You have TJ Watt, who might be the best edge player in the league. Um, but then at linebacker, De- uh, Devin Bush, you know, first round draft pick in 2019 is terrible. They added Miles Jack next to him. Miles Jack, again, uh, I think. Uh, a player who is more of a name than, you know, he had a 37.7 PFF grade last year. So I think the defense has a ways to go to be any good. And unfortunately, I think to make a move at the quarterback position that I would be bullish on, you'd have to surrender draft picks that would supplement the defense. So uh, I, long-term, I think if they, if they, if he stays around Tomlin and they get Ritter or sorry, they get, you know, a quarterback like Willis or Ritter in this draft, I could be bullish on them moving forward, but this particular season in this conference where, you know, if you look at their schedule, um, you know, it's not a murderer's row. They have the AFC East, Mm -hmm. um, but they, and they have the NFC South. So they do have two divisions that aren't terrible to go up against, um, you know, except for Tampa Bay. Um, But then they, you know, they have the Raiders as their off division game. They have, um, you know, they have the Eagles as well. Um, it's tough. I, I would say I would just lean under, but um, I can see the over case. But I, I just think there's so many weak links to this team that it's, if they won eight games, it in a weird way would be Mike Tomlin's best performance. I Yes, I, I do agree with you there. Let it be known that uh, I am here on the Steelers bandwagon. This is not some hoax now it's not a bit yeah it's not a bit i reserve the right to to jump off of it should they not do any of the things i want to see them do um (laughs) in uh in the next few months as we we head into the regular season but look the the positive regression at quarterback i cannot stress this enough it's going to be really valuable and um that's going to to show itself i mean like go watch (laughs) you want you want to be convinced that they're going to hit their over Go watch all of Ben Roethlisberger's quote unquote dropbacks <laughs> last year. A Lo- lot of on his backs, okay? A lot of Let's, drops, a lot of backs, yeah, but not a, was, lot of, not a lot of both. It was really, really unfortunate. Um, okay, that was the AFC North. I believe. Do you have a uh, Do you have a ball sack or just whack? I do, and okay. it's not. It's not Hold for on. you. It, it. It. What do you mean? It's not for me. So. The, the Twitter account, Someone's an Idiot, tweeted out a, a link to a, an article with a video wherein Stephen A. Smith quoted James Harden, a fake mm-hmm. James Harden quote from Ball Sack Sports. Now, I'm not going to take credit for this. You know, uh, we are trendsetters. We're never wrong. We're always a little early. Well, the syndicate's always on the on the on the plus, you know, on the front end of things. Yeah, we're we're on the leading. You know, when I when I studied uh, the bleeding edge and, and disease dynamics, it was you know we're on we're on the we're at the very front of the traveling wave solution. Let's just mm-hmm. say that. Um, but wow, 
Ball sack or just whack is what, six weeks old? And now you have Stephen A. Smith getting duped by ball. The ball sackification of media is really something. And I thought, look, you know, I joked last night that, you know, I was working on some NGS prop work. Uh, and so as a result, I paid as much attention to the first half of that game as Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, Stephen A. Smith has, has is the fastball just gone? Is he should he just resort to knucklers now? The fastball that gone for him. Here, here's what I have to say about Stephen A. Smith. All he does, all he does is is win. As much as um, that is an embarrassment, do you remember? Um, what was the thing that he did last year uh, with the draft? Um, or no, no, it was two. It was a few years ago, right? We said Dwayne Haskins was mobile or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Dude, it does. It he, this guy is the Teflon Don. It does not matter the performance that he puts on on ESPN every single freaking day. It's it's amazing. It's it's art. Like people yeah. people are impressed when they go see. Um, when they go see like a Broadway show, dude, Stephen A. Smith is doing a Broadway show every single day on live television. If you want to watch one. Okay. Like, <laughs> I guess the joke is on us in that, in that regard. I mean, I don't watch ESPN really. I mean, I'll, I'll tune into NFL now or NFL live or whatever it's called every so often. But yeah, like he, I mean, clearly uh, he, he's got the bit down and, and, and that is like, I mean, we talk about our friend, like, Every once in a while, I get sucked into one of Aaron Nagler's things where he's like trying to troll analytics people. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you got to remember that the guy's an actor, right? And that's what he went to school for. And, you know, the same thing's true about Stephen A. It's like the guy's just acting, right? Mm-hmm. The guy's showing up um, and, and he's answering the call every single day. And God bless him because the guy. But it, it's, it, is it sad, though? Like, I remember when Stephen A. Smith had a real sports show, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, like, being in college and turning on, like, PTI and, like, around the horn. And then, and then you know, you, the Rome is burning, right? And then you had you had Stephen A. show and the guy would be like, and I got to pay some bills, you know? And it's like, and, and the guy was actually good. And now it's just like, it's a caricature of himself. Like, that's sad to me, but I guess, you know, whatever. Like, I guess nothing matters at this point vis-a-vis that this is true um i'm glad you brought that up because uh that that needed to be talked about the fact that ball sack sports is made and we can't take credit ball sack sports has a tremendous product okay it, it can't be denied it, it's a tremendous product and everyone should be um happy that they exist okay i have some more i have some more masters bets tiger woods oh. is officially playing in the tournament he is still 40 to 1 i think you can shop around and find him at at higher odds um we're taking that uh, as a syndicate because that's w- what we do. I, and um, we, if by some miracle he wins this tournament, we don't want to be the idiots that that didn't no. that didn't have him to win. Um, I will say this: generally, my strategy for betting the Masters is I like to identify probably, excuse me, a group of four or five golfers that I feel good about um, having a chance to win the tournament. If they play, if they play pretty well, and I I never want to have them be like fifteen to one or better. So in this tournament, I've I've identified a couple. Um, I like Xander Schauffele. He always plays well at Augusta. He's twenty to one. And generally, what I do is I will bet them to win. I will also bet them to go top five and and 
either top five or top 10, depending on how I'm feeling about their game. So I went Shoffle, uh 20 to one as one of those guys. Colin Morikawa is 20 to one as well. Um, really think his game will translate well there. Brooks is 20 to one. We did that because Brooks is our guy and we absolutely are gonna, gonna support him. Um, Tiger is 40 to one. I've already talked about that one. It's interesting. Bryson Chambeau is 45 to one. I would bet the other side of that. <laughs> <laughs> purely for the same reason that I'm betting on Tiger Woods because I can't stand Bryson DeChambeau. He's also coming off an injury. He claims this is the first time he's swinging at full strength, quote unquote. So I don't know if you have like a douchier uh, thing out there, but that that's pretty douchey. Bubba Watson, as I talked about on the last one, 65 to one. I'm betting him um, top five as well. He's 10 to one top five. And I was going to mention this with Tiger. Tiger is eight to one. Um, to, to finish top five and five to one to go top 10. And, and here's what's interesting about that. A lot of the other guys that are priced at, you know, 40 to one, 35 to one, um, like you look at Hideki, Hideki Matsuyama, defending champion, he's 35 to one, but he's plus 600, six to one to go top five and plus 350 to go top 10. Whereas Tiger's 40 to one to win, eight to one to go top five and five to one to go top 10. So weirdly, I do think there's a little bit, um, relative at least to the winning um, uh, aspect for Tiger. Some chance there uh, or some decent odds there. And I think the, the hypothesis is this. People are going to bet Tiger Woods to win this tournament because it's sexy and they don't want to acknowledge the fact that he could play pretty damn well and not win the tournament, which is 100% a possibility. Um, there's a couple of, uh, of um, props that I like as well. One of those props is um, is the 72nd hole prop. So this is what the score is by the winner on the final hole. And par is plus 110, uh, bogey is plus 330, and birdie is plus 180. Now you can also bet the no on each of these, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, but I like bogey at plus 330. Guy comes to the last hole. He's got a two-shot lead. He plays it safe. That That is not an easy green to putt on. You want to be careful there. Um, you know, it, like, bogey is just, I think, too much of a value there based on um, if someone comes there with, with a two-shot lead, not wanting to take uh, a big score um, and playing it safe and taking a bogey. Um, I'll probably play some more. It's only Tuesday night, and the tournament doesn't start till Thursday, and I'll certainly bet this live. But those are the ones that um, that I'm feeling so far. And let me be very clear. I don't have a model for the Masters. I just love watching golf. I can't wait for this. Unfortunately, I'm probably not going to be able to watch much of this tournament live. My plan, Eric, is this. I am going to record the tournament. And my hope is to like watch some parts of it every evening um, and potentially okay. early in the morning. Um, and then hopefully be able to catch up. Um, catch up on it by Saturday and be able to watch some of it Saturday and Sunday. That's my hope. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to play some of these bets and, and, uh, and let them sit there. Be there with me uh, in spirit. Well, that, that there's that. And then, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to log into these offshore sports yeah. while I'm in Eastern Europe and you know, who knows, but the, the Antiguans, so because... the Antiguans are praying, Eric, the Antiguans are on their knees praying to whatever god it is that they worship there in antigua 
that you will not be able to log on and bet the Portland Trailblazers over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the one that was interesting to me, and and I'm we'll just spend we'll we'll end the podcast there. You give out some great gambling advice and thought, very well thought out. Um, Saturday MLS, oh, I literally, yeah. I literally went through, and our friends at at at. At Sports Reference, they have expected goals. We're starting to do that now at PFF, but they they're using I think Statsbomb's model. And I literally went through and and looked at every single discrepancy in expected goals per per ninety minutes, right? And like I, I found that like every single underdog last week was 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 too cheap. So I went through every single MLS game, literally every one except for like two or three, and bet. The draw and the underdog money line for okay. every first half and every game, mm-hmm. and I and a favorite did not win a oh, half wow. or a game or a match. Sorry, match. I, they did not. I literally was that because there wasn't any like college basketball to bet on. So to get to my number last yeah. week, it was literally me being absolutely stupid on on Saturday MLS. There was not a. I, I'm telling you, and if, if one won, I didn't bet it. Mm-hmm. Every single underdog and and draw, either it was a draw that won the half or the full full match, or the underdog won the half or the full match. Wow. And obviously, all of those are plus money, right? So you lose two units if a favorite wins, right? But mm-hmm. you win like a frac. And then if it's a real underdog, like Real Salt Lake was like four to one to win the first half of the match, mm-hmm. and they they had a penalty kick and won. So like to me again. This is not repeatable. It's just something I went through, and I'm like, how are these odds such so out of whack with like? And I know it's a small sample; like the season just started like a month ago. But like, all these expected goals numbers are far closer to even mm-hmm. for a lot of these games, mm-hmm. and there's a clear cut favorite in a lot of them. It, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. So again, maybe maybe I'm just getting stupidly lucky right now. But it was crazy how easy that ended up being last week. Easy money for the mayor of Antigua. We, you lied. We were going to end the podcast there, but I have to ask you this. This is going around on Twitter. Um, Michael Realman tweets, we're canceling each other over food takes today. Post your cancelable food take. Now you get on me because I don't like read every tweet that you send. So you could have already tweeted this out and I would not have known. Um, I Did you? I tweeted something like, let people enjoy the food that they like. Which is a little hypocritical because no, no. we we go we go after no. Skyline Chili. Yes, that's that's so, heinous. But I'm not somebody with like remarkably sophisticated food taste. Mm-hmm. I can tell the difference between great food and just good food. But I'm also like not offended if somebody makes me just good food. I guess. Um, uh, can I give you your cancelable food take? Okay. That like all Indian food is good. You're out here. Okay, you ate. What did you eat today? I ate. So again, but like again, this is because you and I have jobs where we can't just be sitting. Like I, I had 25 minutes to eat lunch mm-hmm. and it bled into our meeting. Mm-hmm. I had a TV di- like it wasn't a TV dinner, but it was like it was it was it was it was frozen at one point today. Frozen chicken yeah. tikka masala. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Now, now I've heard that like Trader Joe's makes some good. some versions of that which are edible. Um, at least you didn't order order takeout there, which like thank God, you know, may, 
maybe bless each other or make you have mercy on your soul. You know what I was saying there? Here's my, here's my food take. And, um, it, it's one of my food takes was going to be that, that candy stinks. But now that DK Metcalf eats candy, I have to respect it because you, you heard what he eats. Like the yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. He, he works out twice. Then he has coffee. Then at like 4 PM, he orders a water and two bags of candy. And then he eats dinner at like 8.30 or 9. And that's it. And that's how he turns himself into, into Superman. So I respect that. Um, here's my take. I like breakfast. I don't eat it. But I like it. The food is good. Not some, you know, I, I, I can survive without eating in the morning. I don't eat breakfast. Dinner, it's a great meal. Dinner, dinner, dinners are, are awesome. Don't eat them too late or it'll fuck with your sleep. Lunch is for, for peasants. If you are eating lunch, you are, what is going on with you? So wait a sec. So you basically eat one meal a day? I'll tell you what I eat. Or you snack? I'll tell you what I eat. I do not, I wake up in the morning, I have coffee. I work out. Same. I work. We're we're right there. We're we're even right there now. I work work out. I work out. um, I work some more. At around noon, I will have a banana. And okay. a uh, a um, perfect bar, which is basically like a, a nut butter protein bar, um, and I'll I'll have some water. Um, I'll work for the rest of the day. I will work out in the evening, and okay. then I will have um, dinner. And during the weeks, it's very simple. I'll do like roasted broccoli and garbanzo beans and a Japanese sweet potato. And maybe uh, and a and a protein shake, um, and I'll have that you know seven 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 thirty before eight p.m. And that's what I eat every single day. Wow, I'm with you. Look, I'm halfway there. Um, I'm with you on, and I like breakfast, dude. I love breakfast. Mm-hmm. I'll even have breakfast as my lunch. And there are some days where I won't have lunch for sure. Like there are some days where I'm just working straight through, and then I have a big dinner or whatever. So I'm with you in in spirit, but not in truth. Not in truth. You you like lunches. You like lunches. And I may I let me say this too. I am I used to be like vehemently anti-snack. I'm not that anymore. So I'm all about like efficiency is obviously the most important thing. I here's what I do. I have that banana and, and peanut butter and usually a protein shake. And then I just have a bag of carrots. And when I go to get water yeah. from, from the fridge, I'll have a few carrots. Keeps me going. I'm feeling great. I go get another workout in, eat dinner. Um, yeah. It's key. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what my lunches are consisting of now are like wraps and salads, basically. And chicken tikka. Um, the chicken tikka today was like basically was because I didn't want it to go bad when I was gone. It was a one-off. Uh, okay. Okay. Because um, it could, I, you know, the freezer, you never know what might happen. We, here's what we got to do. You and I have to go get good Indian food. We might have to go to London for it, you know, and, and I've heard they're going to play some NFL games there. So you never know. It could happen. We're going to go get good Indian food, you and I, and then we'll talk about it on the show. It won't be on Sunday, but it'll be at some point in the future. We thank you guys for hanging out. We love you all. We apologize for the terrible food takes. We will see you guys again on the weekend. Go Tiger. See y'all.